Hello and welcome to Dan, Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses. My name is Doug and these are my Acute Mental Neuroses. I don't know if you can hear it, um, probably not. My voice hasn't dropped down an octave. I'm not sick, but I'm suffering from some kind of dust allergen attack. The My lungs feel like that sandstorm that Charlie's Theron drove into in Fury Road. Nick Holt's probably in there changing alliances as we speak. So if you hear uh, my voice uh, kind of modulate, uh, it's because I have been hitting the uh, R equivalent of a cough button. So let's just jump right in. Um, I don't care what order this is in. I've got some stuff to do. Um, not short on time, just I've got stuff to do. So I've been trying to adult. And what happened was, and this is all fun and well, but it, it's stressful. Um, partly, uh, I drove a car last week. I said I was going to talk about that. I did fine. I didn't kill anyone uh, in the car, out of the car. I didn't take a, a rear view mirror off and I drove through a drive through I did just fine. My friend was like, you're, you're fine. Like you've, it's not like you've never driven before. You're great. Like I just had to get used to that, like stop, start. And, uh, so next week I go in for my actual driving test and then I drop that shit off at the DMV, assuming I pass, which I can't imagine I wouldn't. And then, um, I get a car at the very like ass end of June, um, based on the person who's going to transfer the title over to me, um, uh, is going on a vacation. So I may or may not be able to drive it. Um, until she gets back. I don't know. Um, but it could be by, you know, the next couple episodes, I'm mobile. Um, and then I start looking for a grown-up job. And on that note, I actually did have, um, and I'm doing air quotes on interview, that I had a job interview last week. And I was like, wow, this is a, you know, like na- a publicly nationally traded company. Um, this could be good. Like the money was great, even at a part-time level. And I went in to talk to the guy and he got out his little computer and did the whole presentation about what they're all about. And he started getting into kind of the nuts and bolts of how the company works. And I'm like, oh shit, it's a pyramid scheme. My first job interview for a grown-up job was a pyramid scheme. I obviously turned it down. It was basically Amway with insurance. I had I have no uh, interest in anything without a base pay at this point in my life um, to get back on track. So, you know, live and learn, and that's fine. But I thought it was kind of funny that, you know, the first kind of bite I get on the adult job front was, uh, and not to be, I'm not, when I say adult job, I don't mean like I'm going to get into porn, um, but a job an adult would have, which I guess would be porn as well, legally, but, you know, a grown-up job um, was a pyramid scheme. I talked about it a couple weeks ago on No Applause that I watched Montage of Hack, um, the uh, documentary about Kurt Cobain, and it made me want to listen to Nirvana again. I haven't listened to Nirvana in years on purpose, so I you know, threw in In Utero and um, unplugged onto my iPod and started jamming on that pretty heady, uh, pretty heavily, rather, not heady at all, and this is why it's not heady at all. I only get half a Kurt Cobain. Like, when I first started listening to him in my, like, super early teens, I was like, yeah, man, like, corporate bullshit, and, you know, no one understands how I feel, and I'm, you know, in between an adult and a kid, and all that shit that Alice Cooper said, too. Like, you know, I totally got Kurt Cobain. Listening to him now, I'm kind of like, half your lyrics don't make any goddamn sense. I'm going to chalk that up to heroin. I don't understand how... He became the voice of a generation. At the time, I totally understand it. But I guarantee if I put Nirvana in front of that generation now and I go, 
try to, you know, empathize with this, you couldn't. And part of that is Kurt died leaving his um, lyrics and music, you know, kind of encased in, in amber like the mosquito in Jurassic Park. Timeless, yes, but never changing, never evolving. And so when you listen to it now and you try to recapture that feeling you had when you were in your teens, it's just not there. We've evolved. And I've evolved emotionally past Nirvana. Like, it, it, But it was so fucking surreal going, I used to listen to this guy like he was fucking Jesus. Um, not that I ever really listened to Jesus, but, you know. And now I'm just like, <clears throat> it's half of it are just the ramblings of a drug-addled madman. Um, I don't, I only get half a Kurt Cobain at this point. Sorry, um, friends and family of Kurt Cobain, but, you know, based on the logic, um, an argument I just put forward about the, the un, um, the, the, not even de-evolution, but like I said, it can't, it can't move on. It's, 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 stagnant's not the right word, but, you know, once again, like, it, it, it just, it's just there, stuck in the mid-90s, and here I am in, you know, the mid-2010s, and going, yeah, well, you know, 20 years later, like, you know, he hasn't changed, but I have. Um, I mean, he's, you know, probably a skeleton at this point, but you know what I mean. And the last couple things we're going to get into, I told you it's going to be a short episode because I'm already fighting a coughing attack. I'm debating which order to, to do this in. Uh, let's go with, I went to a strip club. I went to a strip club last week. I went with Lizzie. He uh, had some friends that worked there and he wanted to say hi. And I walked in and we made like a beeline past all the girls on stage, which, you know, usually two years ago, I'd have gone like, oh, thank God, I don't have to deal with like that social anxiety. But really, and Lizzie will attest to this, I was fine. I was like, okay, naked girls, whatever. It's not like I've never seen one. It's not like I've never been to a strip club. I have. They're not my thing, but I've gone before a couple times. And then we, I mean, really the awkward part is when he introduced me to one of the dancers while she was still on stage and basically naked. And I'm like, well, this is a weird way to meet somebody. But all right. And we kind of made a beeline past the girls, like I said, and into this like patio bar and, you know, got drinks and sat down and just talked. We talked to the, the bartender, who was super nice. I got a little awkward when Lizzie left me alone a couple of times and I got hit on by, by what I think was a stripper or a prostitute. I'm not sure. In a place like that, it's hard to gauge emotional intent. Like, are they a quote unquote working girl or do they actually think I'm cute and interesting? No one thinks I'm cute. I've never been called that since I was four. But you know what I mean. Um, but no, I, I thought it was kind of a novel approach of treating a strip club like a bar. Treating it like a social... Not gathering, but like a, 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 a place simply to socialize as opposed to stare at girls and give them grubby dollars and stuff like that. Totally changed my mind on going to strip clubs. I'm If I ever go back to one... Um, which I would like to go back to the one Lizzie and I went to. I actually had fun, and I told him that. You know, I'd like to hang out and talk to people, and, you know, it, it was fun. I liked it. It wasn't... I mean, I was awkward the first, like, 15 minutes-ish, um, to the point where Lizzie's friend kind of took him aside, and she's like, he seems nice. He's fucking awkward, right? And he's like, yeah, he's kind of socially awkward. And I am, especially because the, the pressure of being social at a strip club is so much higher than being social at just a bar or a party where people have their clothes on, uh, so forth and so on. But like I said, treating it, the, the, the strip club environment as just a bar is fucking a phenomenally novel idea, and I love it. 
in that it built some of my confidence. Um, I felt fine. I mean, I had like seven gin and tonics, but, um, you know, that, that didn't hurt either. But speaking of confidence, I had a fucking crazy dream. And if you've listened to the show, you know I have a thing with dreams. I have the king of dreams tattooed on my body because I have such a fascination with my, what my brain is trying to tell me when I'm not awake. And they can kind of like decompress and go, okay, let me process this information that, you know, because I keep piling shit onto it when I'm awake. But when I'm asleep, he's like, okay, let's start sorting through the junk and find the gems and get this to work in this way tomorrow so you don't, like, just mentally, spontaneously combust. Or I try to commit suicide by chucking myself out of your ear. So I had this dream where I joined the Sinestro Corps. And the Sinestro Corps is basically the yellow core uh, in Green Lantern, and their power is fear. They're fearsome. They create nightmares in people, and they show people their, you know, their nightmares. And part of the induction into the Sinestro Corps is to go into this, like, sensory, uh, sens- sensory. sensory deprivation tank and face your own fears, uh, much like uh, psychiatrists have to go through psychoanalysis before they become psychiatrists. Kind of faced one of my fears, which was being alone and I was very okay with it and I went okay people are gonna leave me whether it be through death whether it's uh, relationships and friendships or it's evolution in terms of I've said multiple times on the show and I've said it I don't know how many times to friends where they go we don't hang out and I go well life gets in the way you know a lot of us are married with kids now and life gets in the way and that's okay to, you know, not necessarily leave me behind. I'm not in a, in a state of arrested development, but, you know, we have our own things going on and we're going to kind of drift away from each other. So through death and just life evolution and, and stuff like that and progress um, emotionally, you know, I have to be okay with people are going to leave me. I can't control that. I can control myself, but I can't control other people. So I really did come to grips with being alone. Once again, not lonely, but alone. And that I woke up and just went, holy fuck, I just had a breakthrough in my dreams and I'm going to continue this on. Like, So get ready, world, because I have faced my fears and I faced this in therapy, so I don't know if it was a holdover from months ago, but... I have faced my fears and kind of come out on the other side, once again, okay. I'm okay. You know? I sat in basically isolation that in a dream lasted days, weeks, months. I don't know. But, like, you know, your time is, is so elusive in dreams. But I faced that and woke up like I was coming out of the deprivation and went, shit. I'm okay. Like, I'm literally okay. I'm alive. And it wasn't like, oh my God, that was a scary dream and I'm awake and it's okay. I went, wow, I really did process some emotional sewage there and I've turned it into some high-grade fertilizer to allow myself to grow emotionally. How's that for a metaphor? Yeah, it was good. You didn't think I was going to go there, did you? Um, Turning shit into diamonds or whatever. That's a worse analogy. Sorry. Um, let's go back to the sewage one. Let's use that. Back to one, everybody. But anyway, so that's it. That's the list you cannot see. Um, and if you can tell, other than I'm speaking quick so I don't 
cough all over the place, and so I don't run the risk of, of doing the show longer and stressing my throat out. I'm excited of, of this breakthrough, and it happened a couple of days ago. This is recent. I've been sitting on this for a week. This happened in the last 48 hours, so I'm super fucking psyched. So, that's it. From Dam, Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses, I'm Doug, and from Dam, Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses, these have been my acute mental neuroses uh, via the, you know, the Sinestro core. Good night, Internet. This has been a Blood Alcohol Content Network production. For more information, visit www.bacnpodcast.com. Your home for almost bacon and banjo!